You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast, The Curveball Edition. Today, I talk about Washington's hiring of Martin Mayhew as the general manager after much speculation that Marty Herney would be the GM. I also will discuss why I think Kyle Smith did not get promoted and will likely leave the organization at some point. Also, I talked to ESPN's Dan Graziano for a national perspective. Now, we talked before the news occurred Thursday night but we touched on a lot of topics. And to be honest, when we talked, we did think it was going to be Marty Herney. But we did talk about the GM coach relationship to Deshaun Watson and the national perception of this franchise. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I think you can guess what story I have up there now. You can follow, you can follow Dan at Dan Graziano ESPN. Now, before I play my conversation with Dan, let's get into the moves and whatever insight I can provide you. One on the Mayhew hiring. Now, I said on my podcast last week in the mailbag edition that I thought Mayhew would get the job for a couple reasons. One, he has a good reputation. If you recall, I spoke to someone who worked for him. He was a coach in Detroit um, under, under Mayhew, and this person really, really liked him. Felt he was smart, analytical, worked well with coaches, geared his planning and his moves around what the coaches wanted, really tried to work with them. And I stress that. That's important. No, his track record wasn't perfect in Detroit. His teams were an overall 41-63. and 63. There were some bad years. There was, of course, an 0-16 disastrous year. But they also built a team that won 11 games, and they hired a, a good coach in Jim Caldwell. Also, under Mayhew, Detroit had two double-digit win seasons. Now, that may not sound like a lot, but consider the last time they had had a double-digit win season before Mayhew arrived was 1995. And in fact, you'd have to go back. They had three in the early in the 90s when Wayne Fonts was the coach in 91, 93, and 95. Then you'd have to go all the way back to 1970 before they had another double-digit win season. So they've had in the last however many years since like 1970, since 1971, they've had five double-digit win seasons. Two of them came under Mayhew. So while the record was bad there, you also have to look at the organization, much like people look at Washington, to be honest. So in fairness there. And again, I think in the, the hiring of Caldwell, I think, was a good hire. The more people I talk to in the game, the more his game, name comes up as a guy that people really like as a coach. As an aside, I know two people here who much preferred Jim Caldwell over Jay Gruden because they felt like he was the best leader and was as organized as anybody. Anyway, with Mayhew, his ability to be level-headed and calm and provide a big-picture perspective is needed. And that, that's something that Revere, I'm sure, will, will, has, will treasure um, or will certainly like a lot. And I relayed the anecdote last week about how in San Francisco the Niners wanted a running back. I think it was Joe Williams in the draft in 2017. 
but he had quit in college only to, only to return later. But Matt Mayhew's advice, from what I understand, was that guys like him just don't pan out. Kyle Shanahan really liked him. They didn't want to pick him high, though, and he told them not to waste a pick. He was there in the fourth round. The Niners, 49ers picked him. He was cut a year later. But what I was also told is that he needs guys around him who can offset his lack of a gut feel on guys. He's much more analytical. But in this building, you need a calmness, and Mayhew provides that. And if you get the right scouts around him, then that can really work. And as long, again, I stress that that coach-GM relationship is hugely important, as we have seen here throughout the years. There have been too many times where you can that I've covered this team where they were not in accord, and it always hurt. In fact, I would say from the time that Dan Snyder's bought this team, you can make a case that they're rarely in accord. And, and that becomes a big, big problem. It's clear that Rivera wants someone with that sort of mindset that Mayhew has. They haven't worked together, but they do share the same agent, so they clearly would be familiar with one another. That does help. But Mayhew's rep is that he knows how to work with coaches. Again, important. Someone had speculated to me at one point that Marty Herney would come as some sort of an executive um, with a GM. Again, with Rivera, it's all about trust and experience. He clearly wants people around him that he trusts. One issue in this building has been having different factions that develop. I don't think you want everyone coming from one place. Like I don't care if it's Carolina. I don't care if it was New England, wherever. It's good to get an outsider in here for a different perspective, and Mayhew offers that. It helps bring, again, different perspectives. I also know that some here told Mayhew exactly what to expect from this place. But Herney will be good for Rivera as a sounding board and someone who can dabble in other matters. I'm not sure what exactly. Um, if you recall in last week's podcast, I told you I didn't think Herney wanted to be the GM. That's what I was being told by a couple people. And But their their thought was because it was a different power setup than what he had in Carolina. There, it was it was not necessarily him working for Rivera, but it sounds like it sounds like what he really wanted to be is involved more than just in a just not in a GM role. You know, he's he's in his mid sixties, and so I think you know you just he's had it a couple times. Somebody else can do it, but I think you know he'll be a good sounding board for Rivera. I do know Herney's former assistant in Carolina, Rob Rogers. He's now the cap guy here, but he's been dipping his toe into other areas in the organization that don't pertain to cap work, and that has raised some eyebrows. But what I don't know is if was he doing that on Rivera's behalf because he didn't have anyone else to really do that like a GM. Herney can be a good sounding board for Rivera or even Mayhew. I know agents liked dealing with Herney. I was told he was straightforward and direct with them. They liked that. This also provides a setup that people can now understand from the outside, and I've had agents tell me that they weren't sure who to call here at times. Clearly, Rivera has the power, but there were some things that maybe he couldn't answer or maybe that it was a GM's job to handle. That's where this is going to help Rivera. They need to take that burden off of him and allow him to do what he does best, which is coach. He can have final say in decisions. He'll be informed. But in the day-to-day world, he needs to coach during the season especially. I do think the cancer situation taught him how important it was to have people around him that he absolutely trusted to help get it done. That's why I think that that building worked pretty well during all that time. Now he has two of those people. As for Kyle Smith, first off, I do think he's gone. Whether it will be by his leaving or they're getting rid of him, I don't know. I was told a few weeks ago by people who know him that he'd look to leave if he didn't get promoted um, here. He saw the writing on the wall, so to speak. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco comes calling. 
Mayhew had the same job there that Smith does now here. Maybe the Rams called, though Brad Holmes, who, had, who just left the Rams to become Detroit's GM, was their director of college scouting. That would be a demotion for Smith, and it'd be hard to see him taking a leap for that kind of a job, but I do expect him to leave at some point. And I do think he'll have some options around the league because he is well-respected. I think what's hurt him is he's been working for an organization that hasn't won, and when you haven't won and um, in the past he didn't have an agent, so, you know, and I don't even, I'm not sure if he has one now, but I know in the past he didn't. So the combination of that didn't help his standing. It doesn't help anybody's standing um, when you come from an organization that just that doesn't win. Uh, now, his dad, A.J. Smith, was a general manager. That's helped him get to where he's at. And I think that's it's why his name is known around the league. Um, and so I think there is, I think he, he will, I don't think anybody was going to look at him as a general manager during this offseason. I think this would have been the only place that would have probably done that because he's been here. But it doesn't mean that he's not respected and doesn't mean he won't go somewhere else and do a good job and continue to rise. Um, and whether or not, it, you know, we'll see what happens, whether these guys make the right move in, in this, this regard. But what I know is that if you're going to have a power set up, it's got to work for the coach and the GM. And in talking to several people, the best guess for why Smith wasn't promoted comes down to, I think, a couple things. One, I think he was probably tainted by Bruce Allen. And again, what I just said about the organization, um, you know, and more specifically, the previous regime. That was what others have speculated to me because they're trying to figure it out too. Whether that's true, I don't know for sure. But I know, I do know that in the past, Dan Snyder loved him, even after, even after Smith had told him not to pick Dwayne Haskins and that it would be a mistake. But I think after this summer, there's probably a desire to distance, distance themselves even more from the past and just move forward, especially in those key power decision-making um, jobs. I also think his, his experience played a role. When you see the Mayhew and Herney hirings, it's clear that Rivera valued that experience quite a bit. I know others who like Smith around the league who do say the same thing. He's still young. And I do think, like I said, I think he has a good reputation. This would have been the one spot he would have been considered right now for a GM if that's where, that's where they wanted to go. But again, I, so I think, I think that worked against him here. Now, again, his dad, was, his dad was a GM, so he grew up much like a Kyle Shanahan where you're growing up in the game because of that. So it kind of ages you more. Um, but if somebody sees you as not having the experience to handle certain other matters, well, then that's, that's their opinion and that's how it's going to go. I also know that Kyle Smith is not, is not afraid to be very direct with people. And maybe that's not, I don't know, maybe that's not, maybe that kind of went against what Rivera wanted. I'd heard that they worked well, had worked well together in the spring. But, you know, I really don't know um, if this was an issue or not. I know he's not shy about expressing his thoughts to those in charge, certainly from what I've been told by multiple people. I think for Rivera, he views this as his last chance to build a winner. Perhaps it's as simple as he thinks Smith still needs to grow into the job, but Rivera doesn't have time to wait for that to happen. As you recall, when he was hired, he told Dan Snyder, he's like, you know, he's coming here to win. He understands that Snyder's not going to be very patient. He's also impatient with it too. So, so you so I think all that could be part of the whole mix. So he went with Mayhew. I respect the work Smith has done quite a bit. I know people who had been here who love the man. He's devoted to his job. The guy works really hard. He's on the road a lot. Um, I know he's well-respected. 
I know there are other smart people in the NFL, and no matter who was hired, their job is to find the one person who can really help this team take the so-called next step, and that is, of course, a quarterback. With all that said, I'm done. After this break, I'll be back with ESPN's Dan Graziano. Again, we taped this before the news broke on the new power structure, but Dan and I spoke about a lot of topics pertaining to Washington, including Deshaun Watson. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with ESPN's Dan Graziano. Some of this would have been edited just to make it more current, so some of the stuff on Marty Herney would have been cut just to be upfront with you guys. There's a lot of stuff that was still good in here, so we still wanted to play it, even though it was taped a couple days ago. One of the guys here that fans really like, and part of it is because he stood out in this organization because there weren't a lot of people that you would consider very sharp. Kyle Smith, who's your VP of player personnel, and you know, with his future here, clearly is in doubt. Um, mm. Do you hear much about him around the league? And I know, like, I know people here who have worked with him are respected. He's also not a big time media guy, right? You know, and, and so all that, which limits the stuff. Do you hear much ever chatter about him? Um, I, only in to the extent that he was seen as somebody you know, rising in Washington as somebody who could maybe do the job there. And obviously when he, you know, was elevated to whatever his position is now, you know, the thought was, could he end up being the GM? So, uh, yeah, not a big media guy. That is true. You know what? Brad Holmes just got the GM job in Detroit. Not a big media guy, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like a, a quiet right. guy that kind of people hadn't heard of. So, um, I think you can, you can rise, uh, in, in other ways. And I think people respect hard workers with, with good experience. So I don't know what his situation is, whether he has a role there or whether he has to go somewhere else, he would know better, I think. Uh, but um, I, I think, I don't think he's looked at as, you know, anything negative. I think he's seen positively. And I think if he wanted to go somewhere else, he would have opportunities. And I also, you know, I think a lot of it too is he's been in an organization that really hasn't won despite winning a division title this year. It's not, in his 11 years here, it hasn't been a great organization. And that's the right. way you also rise up is by getting into getting in with a good organization and working yep. hard. And then you move up. What's the perception of this organization now, do you think, compared to on a national level compared to a year ago? Well, I think Rivera helps. I mean, look, I mean, they've gotten a lot of negative publicity for a lot of very bad non-football related things here over the past year. So uh, that factors into the perception of the organization. There's no question about it. Now, the hope is, of course, that, you know, Rivera brings some level of calm and, you know, respectability to a, a, a place that has kind of had to, you know, fight off, <laughs> obviously, uh, legitimate accusations and situations that, 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 that uh, ding that for sure. So uh, there's a, there's a road back to be traveled. And I think they feel like Rivera's a good guy to navigate that. I think there is some skepticism around the league about, you know, the, 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 anything ever working with this ownership group, right? Because it just hasn't. And uh, they've had plenty of different people and different kinds of people, different experience level, and it just never seems to work. So the hope is that Rivera breaks that trend, but I, you know, I think there's a natural skepticism among people that um, about the ability for that to work. And I think this will be a big off season to show whether or not that can just because just, what you're allowed to do, where you're allowed to go, some of the decisions you make, is it coming from Rivera and Herney or is this coming from, you know, above them as mm-hmm. far as like even getting a quarterback? Cause that's one, that's been one of the issues here is 
is all that. I mean, you know, how pivotal is this offseason, even though it's only his, you know, I guess his second full offseason, how pivotal do you think this offseason would be for this franchise? I think any offseason in which your goal is to find your quarterback is pivotal. I, I mean, I just think so much rests on that. And that's just, I mean, whatever else they do. And I know there's situations to be dealt with, with Brandon Sheriff and, and all kinds of other uh, spots on the roster that need to be addressed. But, you know, I bring up an old, another Washington coach that had high hopes and didn't you know Mike Shanahan used to say, like, when you have your quarterback, everything else is easier. And yep. when you don't, everything else, every other decision is tougher. So, uh, there, there's it's pivotal because if they don't get that right, then nothing's really going to work. Do you think, what do you think happens with Alex Smith? John, I don't feel like I'm qualified to say, I mean, I think I, I'm I not sure in August or September yeah. or, or like we're talking about, well, they cut him, whatever it is, I'm starting a playoff game. I know. So, uh, no, I, I think it's, uh, well, not starting the playoff game, but you know what I mean? Yes, so yeah. the, the, uh, I think it's, it's probably up to him. I mean, my guess would be that he's probably done everything expected to do and, and it goes out on a high note, but I don't know. I mean, he's he surprised us before, not in terms of just what he could do, but what he wanted to do. So um, I'm sure he'll su- circle back with his family and, and figure that out. But I, I, I would, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be surprised again if we saw him back on the field next year and this time it would probably be a decision rather than having it forced on contract. I'm pretty sure the guaranteed money's up, right? Yeah. They, so they can they, get rid of yeah. him this off season right. if they want to. I think the, and I'm with you, like I, every step of the way, it's like, well, he did yeah. this, but there's no way he does this. And the thing and I did. would wonder, the thing I would wonder too, is if this organization decides if Rivera says, you know what, you know, Alex says he wants to come back and Rivera says we need to improve here. If they cut him, does somebody else pick them up? Mm. Yeah, you know, I, and there's going to be opportunity. I mean, like, look, Indianapolis just came open, right? Yeah. That's a great spot for a quarterback, a veteran. I mean, that's like a ready-made situation. I think people are going to want to go there. You know, I think San Francisco could be looking to make a change, and, and that's going to be an appealing situation too. So, yeah, he would have opportunities, I think. And it just depends on, you know, what, what teams are looking for. Quarterback, so subjective at every level. You know, rookies yeah. coming out in the draft, what kind of veteran you want, like everything in between. So it was just a matter of uh, which team would uh, find him appealing. But I know Washington likes him all the way up to ownership, right? I mean, like it's just like if he wanted to stick around in that organization in some other role, he'd probably have an opportunity to do that too. I think he definitely would. Um, just a matter of what he wants to do. Speaking of quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, heard what, of him. Yeah, yeah I mean – apparently there he's a little miffed so what I mean it's it's really hard to say what's going to happen but you know I know you've talked about it on air and all that like what how likely what's the likelihood that there actually does he is does become available I mean yeah it's so hard to still imagine it is because I mean a player of his age of his caliber I mean these are not players that become available they just signed him last offseason so they weren't anticipating this I think it depends on how far he's willing to take it, John. Like if he's willing to sit out games, if he's willing to, you know, make things difficult. We've seen the template for players force their way out of situations in recent years. You know, Jalen Ramsey in Jacksonville. Like so, so there is a way for players to do it that maybe NFL players didn't used to didn't used to think there was. But again, my question then becomes: What's he willing to do? How far is he willing to take it? If Houston digs in and says, "We're not trading you." If you don't want to play, don't play. 
but then you don't get paid and, and, you, and you don't get to continue your career. They have some leverage there too. So uh, the answer to your question depends on how far the player is willing to push it. If they decide they have to trade him, then it becomes, I would think a free for all. I, I can't imagine that. I mean, there's more than 20 teams that would, that would make an effort there right. and, and probably overpay. What, and what that's what I would say. Like, what would it, because obviously I think Washington would be interested in him too. I mean, you have to be. What do you think it would take to get him? Well, I think you're talking about multiple first round picks. And I think that means more than two in this case, because, you know, it's, it's a young player, young quarterback in it, I would say in his prime, but maybe not even yet in his prime, right. uh, maybe has a chance to get better than he already is already one of the top quarterbacks in the entire league. I just don't think there's too high a price for that. We were talking on Get Up yesterday. Mike Tannenbaum said, you know, multiple first-round picks and Quinn and Williams if you're the Jets. So, I mean, that that's the kind of package you have to have in mind. Like, Houston has every right to ask for the moon plus. And and that's where, like, if these guys got involved with the 19th pick, it's, they're going to have to really pony up a premium player. Right. Have a lot of them. Because if you're competing with a team that's offering the number three pick or the number two pick or the number one pick, uh, you know, 19 doesn't look so good. So, yeah, I, I think if, it, if it's Washington, they would have to they would have to part with a think about a young player that you've drafted in the first round sometime in the last couple of years, because that way you sell it as, oh, here's two first rounders and this player who also kind of counts as another first rounder. Think about like the the. Scenario that was laid out a couple of weeks ago of uh, Miami. If they put Tua Tonga Bailoa in the deal, that could be your third first rounder because he was just a first rounder last year. Which which of those veteran quarterbacks do you think realistically might is more realistic to become become available? Oh, the Matthew the Staffords, vet. the Matthew uh, Staffords, the Ryan's, all those guys. Who do you think is most realistic? I think it's I think it's very realistic that that Matthew Stafford is available in trade this offseason. I think that that's a situation in Detroit where they're, they're pressing reset. You know, they just gave the coach a six year contract, which signals, Hey, you know, you're going to be, that's, that's longer than they'll have Matthew Stafford. Right. So right. Uh, it, it's, it's possible that, uh, that they're already thinking that way uh, and that he becomes available again. I mean, I could see San Francisco wanting to make a change there and maybe Jimmy Garoppolo becomes available if he's somebody uh, that you like, yeah, <laughs> Rivera's old buddy Cam Newton is a free agent <laughs> like he is already available right so uh it, it's an interesting market I don't think Atlanta moves on from Matt Ryan this year I think next year is the year for them just based on the way the contract looks right. but they do have an issue with the cap and, and I think they're going to have to consider uh everything but uh but I think Stafford more likely to come available than Ryan when you look at those those veteran guys in that range what about like a guy like Mariota? Do you think, you know, they, he's got a contract for another year. He came in and looked pretty he good does. in the one game he played and he's got, still has some skills. Do you think that he might become available or would they hold on to him for another year? I think they value him um, so that if you wanted him, they wouldn't just give him to you. Right. So I think that's, that's what they, they look at him as an asset that has value. So if you want him, we'll listen, but you know, we're not just, necessarily trading him at that backup quarterback value. We think he could be a starter if something happened to our guy. And with Stafford, what's the, for you, when you talk to people, what do they say about him? Is he a guy like, because again, if you're Washington and if you can't go get Deshaun Watson, is he a guy that, that would be good to come here and plug in here? And, and what do people say about his game at this point? Yeah, I, I think his game has not slipped. I think he's been on bad teams. Uh, he he seems to always be playing hurt these days. Now, right. it's a positive and a negative, right? He's a tough guy, fights through injury. But 
you know, there's something always bothering him these days. He, he doesn't cost much. That, that's the thing. Like at next year, uh, well, it's 19 and a half million, which isn't, I mean, but for a starting quarterback, for a starting now, that's, quarterback that's a bargain basement price. So, you know, I think he's somebody that if you felt like you were, that's why I say like the Colts, you know, would, they could do with Stafford what they did with Rivers last year, right? Like, like they're a sort of a ready-made, give me a quarterback and I have a contender kind of team. I don't know if Washington perceives themselves that way. Obviously, the defense is, is loaded and obviously there's a lot of good young pieces on offense. Uh, I guess the line is probably something that has to be addressed, you know, so if yep. you're... So, uh, you know, if you get that figured out and you feel like you're a quarterback away, then, yeah, he might make sense for them. What's the position in free agency that you think will be maybe have the most depth and the, the best chance to get a good player? Have you looked? I don't know if you've been able to look that far into things. Yeah, I mean, top of my head, I think, you know, the the high end of the wide receiver class is potentially interesting. I mean, see, you never know which of these guys are going to get franchised. Right, That's the one right. thing, but – you know, Kenny Galladay could come loose from Detroit. Allen Robinson, I don't think, is interested in re-signing with the Bears. Juju Smith-Schuster, the Steelers have all kinds of problems with their with their cap situation. So, you know, that's that's just a, a quick list of you know guys that could become available at that position. And I think that's I may I don't know if it's the answer to your question because you asked about depth, but that's that's high end talent and multiple uh, in their. Um, at a key position offensive line you know the best guy available is is not a it's not a guy who's going to washington he's already been there uh so but i mean there's some edge rushers available like you know bud dupree of the steelers and yannick Ngakwe, and you know so yeah free agency will be interesting again you have to see who um who pops loose in terms of franchise but um i didn't mention chris godwin among the free agent receivers but he's in that group too so some of these guys are going to want to get uh, their teams are going to order, want to resign them, and others are going to not be able to work it out. And then two more things: um, How does this team stack up? Right, and I know the Washington won the NFC East, but there were factors for Dallas, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. But how do you think they stack up moving forward with what you know about them and other situations? How do they stack up moving forward in, within this division? Well, unfortunately, John, everything I know about the NFC East tells me that the only team that can't win it next year is Washington because it's been 16 years, right, since they've been a repeat champion. So so they've already been eliminated, uh, unfortunately, for them. But, uh, no, look, I I think they're going to go in as – if they, if they address the offensive line, they do like this is far fetched. But if you do something similar to what Cleveland did with its offensive line this year, and then depending on the quarterback, I think they're going to be a team people look at as dangerous because that that defense, I mean, is is legitimately frightening. I mean, they, they are their front seven is as honestly as good as anyone's, and I think that's a that's a great foundation for them to build on. I think with Dak Prescott back, people people always pick the Cowboys. Uh, I think the Eagles are kind of a mess and uh, Giants are on the come. I mean, you know, if you buy into Daniel Jones, I think people feel like the Giants made some strides this year. So, um, yeah, I think Washington will probably be in the mix. But again, a lot comes down to what happens at the quarterback. Because I hate to keep coming back and saying the same thing. But it's always about just such a yeah, Yeah. such a truism in this league. It it, it absolutely is. You know, it's funny because like I know with Joe Judge, I think there's some people who wonder if he's too Belichickian. If you don't win mm. this year, how does that rub people? Does that, but you know, but if you go out and win, you do have a quarterback that they like. So maybe that doesn't, maybe it's not the issue that some wonder if it could be. Um, so well, I'll tell you, I mean, on Joe Judge, like 
from the off season right through the end of the season, he was every time I talked to him, it's big picture. It's we're building something here. So he had the right perspective in terms of that, in terms of, you know, what you're talking about. And players really, I mean, like one of their players, uh, Blake Martinez, he said, you know, he's the best teacher I've been around as a coach. Yeah. And I said, what, what do you mean? What's, what's an example? And he said, you know, in training camp, he would take like five or 10 guys every day and, and, and isolate them and say, all right, here's, here's the way you operate this play in seven on seven. And here's the way you did it in team drills. And here's the way you did it in individuals. And this, so like you're good in team and seven on seven, but you need to work harder on this particular aspect of your game in individual drills. And, yes. and so think about that. Martinez. like, now, not only do I need to know what I need to do better, but I need to know exactly where I need to do the work and right. to get better. So, I mean, Joe judge showed some things, I think. In that his makes it first that's year. pretty good. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Last thing, um, I was talking to some agents yesterday about this impact of no combine, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to free agency. Yeah, I mean, look, the draft, we were talking early in the college season. Uh, I remember when the, when the Jets traded for Seattle's first-round pick, right? Like somebody said, this is going to be the worst evaluated draft of all time. And, and you know, they said that about last year's draft because right. of the limits they had on pre-draft visits. This is going to be even worse because people couldn't really scout the college season. So, um yeah, it's going to be tough. Look, the, the combine they always tell us is mainly for medicals, but you know that teams sit with these guys at the combine and get and formulate an initial impression. So the one good thing, good thing, the one silver lining the NFL has is they, they did a bunch of Zoom calls with prospects last year. So they know what that's like. And, you know, whatever you need to learn from that process, you can apply to this year. But there's no doubt that being there and just the whole entire environment, you talk about free agency, even though it's not supposed to happen, those conversations go on at the combine that set the stage for free agency and who's going to be interested and who's going to offer what. Now you're going to have to do all that uh, over the phone and individually. So the landscape will look a lot different. There's no question about it. Um, we're just all hopeful, obviously, that this is the last time it does. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I talked to one agent who was paranoid about if I now have to call teams, mm -hmm. is that both sides are going to be worried that is the other side recording this and can that get mm -hmm. me in trouble? And he's like, because he's like, you know, he goes like some of my colleagues, I would worry about them. So, you know, yeah. I think there's a little bit of, you know, paranoia or like wondering how things are going to go in that regard and the conversations you can have over the phone, over Zoom versus in person, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's in a bar, a restaurant, or if it's in yeah, the hallways exactly. at, in Indianapolis. So that's the one thing I'm going to be curious to see what happens with that. But all an unknown. Dan, thanks a lot for coming on. Always enjoy talking to you. Always good insight. Thank you very much. My pleasure, John. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks to Dan Graziano for joining me, and thank you for listening. I'll be back with two more episodes next week. It's going to be a key offseason, so keep tuning in to get whatever insight I can provide you about this team. Talk to you next time.